and three, two, one. Welcome back, everybody, to Aaron's Archives. This is episode number 15 with me, Aaron. And finally, Farrell is here. I have, I don't know, I've been struggling to pin him down lately. And speaking of being hard to pin down, Sophia, we've been... We have been um, rescheduling for like the past seven, ten times this podcast, but I'm going to give the floor to you. So give us about like 10, 20 seconds as like an introduction as to who is the one and only Sophia. Oh, okay. Uh, my name is Sophia. I actually went to school with uh, Aaron and I'm currently in NYU majoring in psychology. <laughs> That's it. There's nothing much to me. I'm not that interesting. I wanted to first, of course, talk about the whole high school thing because every time I, I think about high school, um, it's always like depressing. Cause like, I don't know. Uh, maybe it, it's because I wasn't for really you. focused. For everybody. Wasn't it for you too? No, no. I'm kind of depressed now. <laughs> I wasn't depressed back then. <laughs> no. I was, <laughs> It's it's depressing to think about because like every every opportunity that I kind of like took for granted and stuff. But since, since we Farrell and I have talked about this numerous times about the dilemma of high school, but I wanted to ask Sophia about her high school experience because now she's she's in NYU. You feel me? She making it big. She making it big. But all right. Oh my god. What are what are you? Wow. What were your experiences in high school like? I mean, it was definitely bittersweet. I think that in the very beginning, like I'm talking about freshman and sophomore year, I don't know, I was really silly and I didn't really prioritize my studies. So that was when I was affected the most because I let other like irrelevant things get to me, like, you know, drama, I was getting involved in like, like drama with other girls or like guys and then it wasn't until like junior year that I started getting back on track into like what really matters so I guess that was the sweet part of it like finally coming to a realization of like what my purpose is like in terms of being in this country because I'm an immigrant and like what's actually gonna get me far in life what about you Farrell I know you've talked about this but give us like a a, a brief summary because all three of us are actually immigrants but how how has your high school life been? Uh, I was better off in high school, honestly. It was so chill. I, I didn't do anything. I skipped classes. Like, I, <laughs> actually, the first, the first two, two to two years, I was like straight kid. I wouldn't do like anything bad. I'd like actually study and stuff like that. Well, not actually study, but I would like, I would go to classes. You know what I'm saying? I would go to classes and I'd be chill. But after what? junior year and senior year i fell off i don't know how you guys like picked yourself up i fell off i was like you know what it's because you know what i think my whole life since i was you know i was born in indonesia and i was i went to school in indonesia right our school was so strict that it came over to um when i came to america that kind of passed over as well and then once i started getting to the culture and then like i, I hung out with different people you know what i'm saying that it just i kind of just went looser like i just became so loose that because i was just so strict before i'm like yeah i kind of need a little bit of freedom because i i was so scared to do like maybe like skip a class or two or like come in late or anything like that i would be so scared and then senior year happened and then i was late every day and then i was <laughs> it's a it's it's still going on actually it's actually worse in college i feel like that that whole last part of high school kind of messed me up until now 
but it is what it is yo how about you aaron i don't know man uh, every time i mean i've always never kind of like school well that's a lie i like learning but i don't like you know those you know no, those... that's right though you don't like school yeah, I don't. You I like don't learning, like, but you don't like school. Yeah, because I like ideas. You know, I like abstract ideas, like oh, like philosophy, psychology, and stuff of the sort. But like when you get to like algebra or logic and philosophy one one zero, those those kind of like very very specific that you got to remember certain things and like that 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 doesn't fly by me. I'm more of an abstract thinker, so I guess it kind of drained the learning experience for me. Um, so Sophia and I actually met in. In class, uh, our physics class, we were we were on we were in the uh, there were four of us. We were in the the front row, and I it was like between the four of us, who's the best at physics? Um, it was me, by the way. Uh, oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was probably first of all probably bro. It was probably <laughs> Mahian. Like out of the four of us, it's probably Mahian, and then. Me. I think honestly, we it was all four of us. We all did. I think like, like realistically speaking, out of all the kids in that class, those two tables in the front, like us, we were the only ones like participating and generally doing good exams. So don't take all the credit. <laughs> it was and Brandon was there too. Everybody here remembers Brandon. Everybody here loves Brandon. Oh, oh Brandon! I love Brandon. I love Brandon. But <laughs> my son. If you just take him away from the people that he knows, he'll actually do the work. Yeah. And Facts. Oh my gosh, that's so true. That's that's wait, me too. Wait, wait Aaron, uh, you were with me in um statistics, in stats, right? Yeah. Oh my god, dude! I, I had in my in my group. <laughs> you just take Brandon away from the people that he knows. He'll he'll start doing his work and stuff. But yeah, I was I was um a part of that. But um, how did you how did you treat learning, um, as like uh. Was it kind of for you as a duty to do, or did you genuinely like learning, Sophia? Oh no, I genuinely enjoy learning. Like I never felt forced to like, like whenever I had to do homework. Like of course sometimes I'll get lazy, but I never saw it as like an obligation. I guess in the beginning I did because of my like my mom. I I feel like I'm more like you. Like I I, I enjoy learning, but school kind of ruins it sometimes because I don't like how students are like forced to like think a specific way rather than having their own like ideas but yeah I genuinely enjoy learning new things like I'm the type to like come home and like tell my mom about something or discuss it with like other people so yeah I don't know so I'm weird I have a, Sophia I have a question so what changed like what why the switch between oh all loose and then all like oh I'm gonna actually try now in school like how, how did that happen I mean, I just learned to have a balance in life. I mean, just because I was do, like, I always did my homework and like I was a good student didn't mean that I didn't know how to have fun. I feel like sometimes people feel like just because like there's a smart student in the class, they probably don't have a social life. They probably don't know how to like have friends or go out. Like that's not true. I just learned how to have a balance. Like, and how did you find like it's balance? not really that hard. <laughs> how did you find that balance because i feel you know a lot of people do have trouble with that you know people who uh especially i know some of the kids in the class like if they were um i think we all know who like in, in the circle in the group like who who did their work who was really good who was really smart who like was a freeloader and all that stuff we all had that in every single high school right every person has that person but what i'm talking about is these people who who are smart you know they're they're super um 
they really bog down when it comes to work and homework. They always, always have it 100% on deck, like always have the work done, always studying at home, like actually studying. I was never that person, but you know, you know, those type of people, how, because they, I feel like they get caught up too much on the work and the homework that they don't, they don't go out. Is it because of the work or is it because they just haven't found their balance, but they really do want to, you know, go out with their friends and all that stuff? I don't know. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I procrastinate. <laughs> like, I'd get my work really? done, but I, I'm the type to, like, get work done, let's say, like, one in the morning, two in the morning. And the pressure helps me. It really varies per person. Like, I sometimes prioritize having fun over studies. Sometimes I just have these random movements where I'm like, oh, my God, I want to be someone in life. Let me just get all my, you know, my stuff together. <laughs> but... Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't really know, the whole procrastination thing was really, um, it really kind of hit me. Well, not kind of, it really does hit me. And, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I remember every, my, my philosophy 110 class, my logic class, it was, it's, I don't know how to explain my logic class, but um, it's basically algebra without the numbers. So you have to translate sentences and words into letters and symbols which it kind of it kind of messes with my head but um it's it's very easy it's it's simple to do in the sense that it's very very straightforward but it's just that i procrastinate a lot because it's it's semi asynchronous because we only have like one day per week and uh, so we have one day meeting per week and everything else is kind of like up to us which i love because i get to do it on my own pace but it's also the one thing that i hate because i do it at my own pace and um what how do you how do you get over that first hurdle of just getting things like getting things started especially when you don't like what you're about to do i'm the worst person it's a deadline. <laughs> like the fact that I don't want to get a bad grade, I'm like, okay, I really need to. But I really sometimes I do leave things for the last minute, and it's an issue. Oh, and for <laughs> me, it's the my my procrastination is the worst. Like it's it's literally so bad. I but you know what? I do do the work though. That's the thing. I do the work. It's just oh, it's due at twelve. Okay, eleven thirty. I'm gonna email my teacher like, hey, can I have an extension? And then I'll finish it by one thirty. That's how it is. I'll leave my space. I'll leave like time a little bit. I'm like, oh, professor, like I really don't have time. I was, I took extra shift at work. I didn't know I was going to work today, all this and that. And then boom, I get the extension. You're a terrible example. <laughs> I mean, I really am, but it's like, it's just like, it's, I just really, you know what it is though? I know I have to do it. Like there's something in the back of my head always like, oh, you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. Yeah. It's easier if you start now. Like it's 5 p.m. And it's like, oh, like you could get it done in an hour. You know what I'm saying? If you just do it right now, you could get it done because it's going to take an hour anyways, right? And you know that, but it's like the closer the deadline comes, the the more I'm just like, you know what? I can, If I can do it in, in an hour, I could probably just wait an hour <laughs> beforehand and then I'll do it. Not going to lie, I work better under pressure. Low-key? Yeah, I think that's everybody. How about you, Aaron? My mic just kind of collapsed in itself. Um, for me, um, the 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 hardest part is not to start because it's it's easy for me to start. It's when to start. Like when do I when do I when do I start? Because starting for me is kind of just like even if I if even if I don't like it, I'll kind of like not. Uh, even if I don't want to do it, I'll still do it because 
the deadlines right there but it's kind of like when should i start instead of the actual starting so what i do is <laughs> have, I, have i have i shown either of you i know i i think i've shown feral like my weekly schedule like what i do to my to myself every day and every week mm -hmm. like I, I time block every hour or every every two hours oh so it's kind of just like at 10 p.m i sleep and then and then 4 30 a.m and then da -da 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 -da. so but over the past couple of weeks i have kind of like stopped doing that so it's it's very hard for me have you guys heard of the pomodoro effect or the pomodoro technique now what is that so it's kind yeah. of you do you do well the the real technique is you do 20 to 25 minutes of work so it's kind of just like you know you know what let me do this because it only take me like 20 to 25 minutes and then you take a 10 to 15 minute break and then you repeat the cycle but i watched oh. but i watched this this youtube video it's called anime doro so what 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 they did was they did 40 minutes of work because 20 minutes you you, you don't really get anything done so they 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 um they did 40 minutes of work or 40 to an hour of work and then they watch one episode of anime as a break and then they repeat it again i did that to my logic class and i'm just like i'm gonna do this again bro because it's you you end up watching like three episodes of anime per one episode or per per one assignment and it's to me that works for me so i'm gonna give that a try I tried organizing myself. Like, there's this app called Notion. So I started planning my weeks, my months ahead. And then it's just so hard to actually follow because no one, when you're like, at least for me, when I'm making like a plan for myself, I don't take into consideration the fact that my phone is going to be next to me and that I'm going to get distracted. So putting everything in like time slots, like, sometimes doesn't really work because five minutes could like mess up the whole like structure of my, of the like the plan. I don't know. Mm it's it's really hard for me especially if you're doing it on your phone it's very very hard for me because i get distracted by my phone so easily and i didn't i'm just like you know um if we're talking about um if we're talking about uh, what is it called the philosophy damn i really it just passed my head bro you stoicism yeah <laughs> we talk about it so stoicism. much okay but bro it just but yeah, so talking about stoicism, like it's talking about how, you know, you shouldn't be enslaved to your pleasures, right? And what it also tells you is that your pleasures, you can't fight it head on. Like it's not like a, a big threat to you, you know? You don't know that it's a threat because it makes you feel good. And the thing about me is that when something makes me feel good, I get addicted to it very, very quickly. So especially with my phone, like it sneaks up on you. You don't even know it until you're like, oh, you know, every two minutes you're checking, you know, people are hitting me up like, like every two seconds i'm like oh damn i have to reply you know i it's right there i just I just gotta reply you know and i you know what i did to myself too like i put um read receipts as on so every time i look at somebody's um message even if i didn't want to i would just i would just do it i would just i would just reply so it's it's kind of bad it's like it's really bad especially instagram it's the worst for me i can't I bro can't, i can't like get over that yeah i i i I was about to lose this thread. Um, there are there are definitely uh, I know a few people who differ from me because me, for me, the way that I work, it's kind of like I can pull away from my work, 
there are some people who are perfectionists wherein they can't they have to finish it now in one sitting that's me it's either now or never i'm not like that i can pull away which is easier for me that's like that's like my work process which is why i can adapt to different things but for people who are like in the sophia is nodding her head so i'm guessing she's in the same boat as feral feral and a couple of people that i know they cannot they cannot they have to finish their work in one sitting otherwise i don't know the world will end or something but how do you adapt to that it depends Sophia. though because for example if i'm doing let's say math i think it's something that i can like start now and then like another time but if we're talking about an essay like the same ideas don't come like every single time you're sitting in front of that paper like either you get it like all your ideas out in one sitting or then you're going to struggle again like with writer's uh, block you know so again that's why it kind of depends on like what assignment you're doing that's that's so true like especially with well not even math like i i just have to do it in one sitting because i'm like i know myself if i pull away i'm never going to go back on like it's so hard for me to start something and, and and finish it especially if it's homework so i'm just like okay if i start it i have to finish it if i don't finish it i'm never going to finish it like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna hand it in like with four questions missing like i I literally will do that. Like I'm just the worst person <laughs> to do it. And what are yeah. they called? Um, for essays, sit down, hundred percent do it because, like you said, like um, you have to put in all your ideas. And sometimes, you know, I would do essays, especially essays, um, like two days beforehand. Finish it two days beforehand. The next day, I will look at it again, and I'm like, oh, that's so stupid. I don't know why. I don't know why I wrote that. So that that's my process. Like I I would do that unless I'm I'm a very like it's I'm like very very late. Then I, I just I'll just hand it in. I don't want to be I don't even care. But um most of the time I have to sit down and finish the work. I can't just time block it. I can't just like, oh, uh I I'll stop doing this and go to the bathroom. But literally me going to the bathroom stops everything. I I, I don't know what it is. It's the worst. Like it's the worst. There's just um I don't know if you agree with this, but you ever pull back from something and then a couple of minutes later maybe you're walking or maybe taking a shower even or maybe just taking a piss and then ideas will come to you like that that happened to me when we were naming the podcast back then um we were we were struggling with the name and then we were because it was the the main idea of the podcast back then was life in and out of school so but we barely talked about school in that podcast so um it was and then I was taking a shower and then the the thought kind of came to mind and I just kind of named it, you know what, Pharaoh, let's name it When the Bell Rings. And then he went along with it and it was just like, yeah, I kind of like that When the Bell Rings. So we, we named it like that. Does that happen to you guys? Sometimes. It's just... When, I'm, when I have to write an essay sometimes, I'm like, oh. Because it, it never leaves my head, really. It's not like it just comes out of nowhere. Like, if I'm writing an essay and I say, let me take a shower real quick before I continue. Like, I just start thinking, okay, how can I start it? I mean, <laughs> showers for me are generally just inspirational. Like, I don't know what it is. You come in the shower. I'm like, I wrote four songs. Like, going in the shower, I'm like, oh, oh, wait, yeah. this is this is a good one. I literally would come out the shower half, like, full on naked. Just, like, grab my phone. I was typing, typing shit down and, like. I finished the song right there and use then. Your, and then whoa, I, 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 I hop back in. You use your phone in the shower? No, I come out of the shower. Why? Oh, I thought you'd be yeah, typing your song in the shower. What, what's bad about that? I've done it sometimes. I feel like at one point, everyone's guilty of doing that. Everyone does everyone's that. Everyone's guilty. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't like the idea of getting my You're phone wet. 
You're just, you're just. You just gotta stick it out. <laughs> Not even that. You want, like, you know, like. Draw your hands yeah. first and then touch your phone. Like it's not that yeah. hard, bro. Because you have like the little thing on on your on your door, right? Or like, like, or like a, the, the, okay. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, do you guys listen to to songs when you guys shower? Yes. Oh yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It's like you take like five minutes to just prepare the perfect playlist and then take a shower. Mm-hmm. No, that's mm-hmm. why. I, that's when I take my phone. Like if I don't like a song, I will just reach it and change it. Okay. I, I actually I use that. music to measure how long my showers are. I'm like, <laughs> Damn, oh my I've been God. listening to like seven songs now. I should probably. I don't know. <laughs> I'm I like, okay, I have time to listen time. to four songs, and then I, I have to I had to leave this because when you when you have a song on, it's over. Like you're dancing, you're singing, like you mm-hmm. you don't even know what's go- like how much time. And my dad would tell me like, "Are you real? Like why why are you taking so long in the bathroom?" I'm like, you know, songs. Like it's just I don't know, man. I just can't yeah. stop it. I do that with with travel time, like destination A to destination B. It'll take me about five songs and a half, <laughs> so that that'll just get rid of itself. But bro, I don't know what it is. I don't listen to music anymore when I'm when I'm going to the shower. I listen to podcasts. <laughs> oh listen to no, no, but it's not it's not one of those no. meditating podcasts, bro. It's 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 more so like like Jordan Peterson and ideas like philosophy type things. It's not like it's not like meditation like in this hour you go to meditate and you have to feel scrub, you have scrub, to feel scrub. you have to feel grateful oh, gratitude. So, no, I don't shampoo. like I don't know. I used to bro. I used Massage. to <laughs> I used to be a huge consumer in those things like Today you will feel gratitude. You just you sh- you will just feel the universe around you just revolving, and you should feel grateful. Right. You feel the heat of the sun just radiating into your 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 chakra. I'd be, I'd be like, how? Why, why are you telling me how to feel? I don't know how I feel. I don't know. Now I'm just like. You don't know what I'm going through. <laughs> you don't know it. I'm stressed. Work. Mm. I'm just a pessimist nowadays. Are you, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, should I say I'm, I'm a pessimist? Mean. I'm a pessimist. No, I don't think you should. I don't, you don't give up pessimist vibes. It's not, it's not, well, it depends on the matter. No, it's more rational grounded vibes. That's what you have. It's more like, yeah. why you say like, it like, like a Californian white girl? You know, you got rational vibes, you know? <laughs> no, rational <laughs> vibes, that is what you have. But no, um, I feel like you just, like, People will say something and you're like, um, actually, no, I don't think, I don't think it works like that. I feel like you're just like trying to you challenge just your mind. Mm. Skeptic, you just your mind. probably a skeptic would be, would be better worded for me. Pragmatic skeptic. Um, speaking mm-hmm. of, uh, skepticism, I am very skeptical. I don't know. I want to, I want to come in with an open mind because I was, I don't know if Sophia, I know, I don't know if Pharaoh or Sophia saw my story a couple of days ago. Well, at the time of this recording, a couple of days ago, um, with the story of the not all men thing, and I, I just had to, I don't know. I've I, seen that everywhere, man. I, uh, this, uh, I don't know. Wait, which one? The not all men. It was a pink comic strip. It was a, it was a, it was a thread, mm-hmm. and it was, it was a pink. So basically, what, what the, what the comic said was, um, so they were explaining why we say why do men, right? Why do men? They were explaining that, mm-hmm. and then it started. The premise was the their their initial premise was literally this. We say, be careful of ticks, 
because we know that logically speaking, enough ticks carry Lyme disease for you to be careful or for you to be wary around ticks because we know that enough ticks. But logically speaking, it's irrational for you to say, well, not all ticks because we know that enough ticks carry Lyme disease. The same way we say, why do men? Because it's enough men that commit sexual assault and rape. And they, they cited the, the statistics that says one in three women have been on the receiving Rape end sexual of sexual assault and harassment. And then that's why they say, why do men? We know it's not all men, but it's enough men for women to feel oppressed and fear. And they, they, they justified the generalization of men because they know that enough men have done it. They, they cited the one in three have been victimized. Um, I want to I wanna go to Sophia first to ask her her thoughts on that whole um, thing. I mean, are, are you, like, asking overall about, like, how I feel about generalization of men in specific? Or more in specific. No, that specifically. Um, generalization as well as, um, I, would, I would say that whole movement of, I don't know, attacking men. I don't know. Yeah. Not attacking men. Like, you know, you know yeah, how they're, a lot of people... they're attacking men, bro. Okay. Okay. We've on, read wait. the I. We've read the thing before, the the American Psychological Association. They wanna. Okay. Wait. Farrell, yeah, go yeah. first, and then I'll get so, a better idea. No, no. Thinking. I'm just okay. The one I saw was, um, how I guess they're attacking men, right? As as Aaron said, um, mm -hmm. the one that I saw, the post that I saw was, oh, um, yes, not all men, but all men could, like, yeah, not all men sexual sexually harass other women you know what I'm saying? you know what i'm saying but all men have the potential to do that so what what do you think about that do you think that's right do you think that's wrong like tell me something i mean it's what... true but but like if you think about it anyone is capable of doing anything that's like despite mm -hmm. gender you know mm -hmm. but i guess i don't know i feel like we live in a society where um there's clearly like a lot of like like a lot more movements and women are just feeling like more free to speak up on like certain issues mm -hmm. but i don't agree with like necessarily generalizing like i, I get mad when girls say like all main a you know ain't bleep you know mm -hmm. you can't like, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I don't i don't i don't i don't i don't okay. feral <laughs> sophia okay, you can guess okay when when girls are like all, like many shit like just because one guy breaks their heart like i don't agree with like generalization at all um I don't know. I would have to read more into that. It's my so, first time hearing about that, actually. Do you so. think it comes from you know that that generalization? You know, let's 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 go with the point of okay. Well, this girl got her heart broken by a guy. Okay, which mm -hmm. first of all, I I believe it takes two to break anything, right? But anyways, no. Um, uh, I don't. Okay, whatever. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. But okay, so Farrell has a point whole. Viral has like a whole philosophy on this whole relationship. Yeah. Thing. Right. Right. Anyways, the point oh, is. I want to hear that later then. Oh, okay. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Okay. So basically, the whole premise is. Okay. So the guy breaks her breaks the girl's heart, right? And the girl is like, "Well, all men ain't shit." Okay, as you said, all men all men ain't shit. So do you think that comes from a place of? Like, do you think it's just irrational overall, or is it just like full on emotions? That's just like, oh, you know, this is the reason why I'm saying it. it's because I'm fully emotional and I'm wrong, and I know I'm wrong, but I'm just gonna say it anyways. Like, what do you think people are thinking in that situation? 
I think that most of the time people are influenced by social media. Like I feel like lately, like social media just attacks men. I'm not defending men, but it, I've seen it. Like you have to be real about that. Like sometimes it is just attacking men. So then other women without like actually being like educated or like, you know, knowledgeable about what's actually going on like in statistics, then they just go along with whatever social media tells them. So I think that for some part, like women are influenced by what others tell them rather than their own experiences. But then I feel like, <clears throat> um, like if men have a bad reputation, then it has to come from somewhere. Meaning okay. that like men bring that reputation upon themselves sometimes. Okay, I can get behind that, honestly, because you know, just like what they say, right? Every stereotype has some truth to it, you know? And I feel like that that just goes on for the same thing. Um, what, what do you think, Aaron? What do you think about the, either either you can talk about the, you know, the hashtag not all men, or you can talk about uh, all men ain't shit. You can choose. Um, I used to be radically on the opposing side. I used to be like radically like, it's not all men. Stop collectivizing men. And now I watch this, I watch this video wherein it, I, I understand that women need these or, or people in general they need these spaces wherein they can talk about these certain issues and when those spaces happen well of course words fly out you know they women would say well the men in my life haven't been um as genuine as i would have hoped they would be or i haven't met any men so they they generalize from their viewpoint and then my problem then stems from the fact that they would extract whatever it is that they talked about in this group and put it outwards, wherein they overgeneralize outwards. And those people that would then receive those messages that came from, I would, I would say, like women's locker talk, locker room talk, then they get confused why they're getting backlash. Well, they have the other people. They, they don't know or they don't understand where you're coming from. So, of course, they're going to say not all men. You're going to receive these types of retaliation. And also, I would say that it's okay to generalize, but it just depends on what you're generalizing and who you're generalizing. Because when, when, like, when it comes to men, right, when, when it's boys' locker room talk, we would say, like, oh, why, why? females are late. Like, women are always late to date or something like that. But it, it's it's... I would say it's no harm because they're they're kind of just like stereotypes. But then you accuse all men by guilt of associate by you accuse men with guilt by association with such heinous crimes as being I don't know scums and sexually assault or sexual assault um, victimizers and criminals and um, because it's enough men. And they they even go a step further to say that all men should be responsible for the decisions of other men. While a lot of the men that I know have either A, no idea who these people are who are sexual uh, harassers. Is that a harassers? Sexual harassment people. Assaulters? Yes. Sexual <laughs> and um, No, uh, victimizers. Victimizers. Or A, people who know sexual victimizers, or B, are sexual victimizers themselves. So why do I have to be subjected to guilt by association when I have no idea who these people are? And I don't know if Pharaoh feels the same way about that. I don't agree with that. Only because I do know a lot, a lot, like a lot of people who have been 
assaulted sexually. Um, it's just, I don't know, man. You just don't know. Like, even if you don't know that that happened to them, most of the time they just don't want to say it. Like, it's such like a traumatic thing for them. They're not going no, like, to say it out loud. It's not that I'm denying their experience. I'm denying the fact that mm-hmm. why do I have to be subjected to guilt because I have to be responsible for the actions of other men. Because as okay. men, we have to stand up for the actions of other men. That's my only problem. I don't, I mean, I'm not denying anybody's personal experience. Of course, women experience these things but what i'm opposed to is the collectivized guilt as a man since enough men have done this i have to speak up or be a voice to men that perpetrate these actions even though i don't know anybody like that i agree with you to like uh, yeah i agree with you but then i feel like sometimes by generalizing we're not like directly putting the blame on all men but it's also like how men indirectly like don't like kind of contribute to that. I don't know if it makes sense. Like, okay, if a man like sexually assaults a woman, men automatically start looking at the woman and what she did wrong rather than admitting what the guy did wrong. So then that's where the generalization begins because that man, mm-hmm. even though he was not the one that like assaulted the woman, is still like supporting the guy who did it. So I guess that's where it comes from because no matter like whether the like the woman is generally a victim, the guys always or like most of the time find something in the woman to like find them guilty for like whether like what what they were wearing, what time they were out, etc. So I guess that's kind of how I view it. That I actually have not thought about. That's actually yeah. That I mean I've heard it, but I, I've I've never really focused on it. No, that's true. A lot of a lot of people are like oh yeah, what was she wearing and all this and that. I don't know if, if I was presented with the situation, I don't know what I would say. Like if, if, you know, I know a lot of victims of sexual assault. Um, they tell me about it. They're like either, you know, like it's, it's somebody they know, you know, it could be their father, it could be their uncle, something. It's real. it's really disturbing. Like, I don't know what to say to them. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be like, oh, like, what were you wearing? You know, I feel like that's just that's just stupid. I feel like people who ask that question is just the dumbest people in the world. What were you wearing that day? Were you in like? It's stupid, but he, there was a case of it was like it actually went to court. A woman got raped. They used her underwear as evidence right. to prove that she deserved it. Right, because um, I think this was in either South America or Europe, and they 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 justified the rape because her red underwear signaled to the other person that she was asking for it to me that was kind of like stupid it's not kind of it is stupid because then you're dismissing such a heinous crime here's here's my here here are my thoughts on that um i feel as though the um okay i'm not gonna go there but um because for me what i would say is that the reason as to why we don't necessarily the the questioning and the the pressure on men because we already incarcerate them we we put them behind bars we sense them as the harshly as we possibly can and and then the woman in turn we question that because for me here's what here here's what i think the the reason as to why rape victims and victims of sexual assaults are asked what they were wearing is because they're collecting data in defense of women because then now we have all these data saying that well if you wear this kind of a wearing you, the probability of getting of you getting sexually assaulted will then be higher than if you would wear a certain type of clothing 
So that that's mm-hmm. me. I don't want to that though, because then does that is that supposed to tell women what to wear from now on? Like, hey, statistics show that if you wear this, then you're more most likely to get raped. So avoid wearing that. Like that's the thing where I don't agree with. I should be, I should be allowed to wear what I want without having the risk of. I mean, not the risk, but like you know, the fear of like possibly being um mm. getting sexually assaulted. Oh. And I feel like when people question it, it's not for the reasons that you just gave out. I feel like it's to genuinely, like, shame the woman. I've had conversations with, like, other guy, like guy friends or, like, just other guys in general. And they don't do it for the intention to, like, create data to, the, like, defend the woman. It's most of the time just trying to say, like, oh, you shouldn't have worn that then. They shouldn't have been doing this then. It's, like, the blame mostly falls upon the victim sometimes. I agree with that to a certain extent because then uh, if that rule would then apply to women wherein they can wear whatever they want and should not be penalized by that, then that means that men should also be able to wear whatever they want. Because what and what actually tends to happen, especially when you go to inner cities or when um, if you go to certain neighborhoods, you can't just wear certain things. You can't wear flashy items with a gold chain around your neck and a $15,000 backpack especially in downtown Chicago, because then you'll get mugged and you're most likely probably going to get killed. Look what happened with X. Highly, you know, it's a multimillionaire, was just was killed because he was just wearing a chain. A lot of people said, well, he should have given it, but at the same time, he should have been able to wear whatever he wanted to. But then there, I feel like it's it's a different situation when it's like, between genders and then just between I don't even know like like just materialistic objects like it's it's not so much about like okay yeah you're wearing a skirt but it's not like they don't necessarily do it because of what you're wearing men it's not like if a woman gets raped it's because that like that man just feels like like a tra- like an un- uncontrollable attraction towards the woman where they just want to go for it despite of like consent or not. So I feel like those examples are like really different. You know, like I don't know. I feel like it's not just that. I, I you know, I have uncontrollable attraction to somebody and I wouldn't just I have the right mind to be like Why do you second. say it like that? But it's true though. Like I would I'd be like, damn, like that's crazy. I'd be like, that. that's crazy. Like, I, you know, that feeling where you just want to go for it, but then you're just like, No, you yeah, know, but not, not everyone has that. That's what I mean. So it's not, so, it's not about what the woman is wearing. It, it just comes from the, like, the not, man is the one that has the issue. So why do we have to tell women right. what to wear when it's not the clothing that's the issue? It's the man for not being able to control themselves. No, 100%. Like, you should, I never agree. I could never agree with telling whatever to, use whatever clothing not even like if i had a, if i had a girlfriend i wouldn't be like oh you can't go out like that like that's just stupid that's just i feel like that's just dumb let your girl wear whatever because first of all that's your girl and if she's really your girl she's not gonna cheat on it she's not gonna cheat you know what i'm saying like if she if she wants to then you're not really her man you know what i'm saying so <laughs> it, it is what it is like just let let luck or like let your the strength for each other just you know hold on to it but at the same time like you should not be telling anybody to dress however let them dress however they want to dress because like you said it's not the reason why they do it most cases of rape or sexual assault is because uh that person the man uh feels powerless and wants to feel powerful 
You know what I'm saying? As in the case that you guys read the Kite Runner, right? With, um, mm -hmm. with in English in English class, I right? Didn't. And I feel like what junior year? I didn't. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't you, read you it in class, class, but I I read it. So the basis of it is basically um, there's this other kid. There's there's these two kids. Um, one really like doesn't like this other person or like this other kid, and the bigger kid rapes the younger kid, right? And this wasn't because he was attracted to the person. This was because uh, he just wanted to show his dominance. So they pinned him down and they raped him, you know? And a lot of the cases nowadays, like, it's the same thing. Like, you're not, most of the time, they're not going to go for a victim who's guarded, who's protected, obviously, right? Who's, who, who, you know, is, yeah, who's, who's basically protected. He, they're going to go for someone who, like a predator and a prey, right? You're going to go for somebody who's weak, who's not guarded, who's out at night alone. It doesn't matter what they're wearing. It's it, it's the situation as well. Like if you're walking at night alone and you have no way of protecting yourself, you know what I'm saying? This goes for men too. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yes, obviously, obviously more for women, obviously. But, for you know, sure. men have been... I guess taught and 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 it's, the fact is true that most men uh biologically are stronger than women so if this man wants to feel powerful you know he's just gonna go ahead and and try to feel powerful that way go ahead and sexually assault or assault a woman or somebody who's weaker than him you know and in cases in most cases it is women but you could they will also go for weak men so that's that I don't know. I guess I'm 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 sort of conflicted in the sense that I'm like hard right conservative because of my religious standpoints, wherein we not necessarily tell women what to wear, but there's certain guidelines to what women can and cannot wear. You know, it's like um, you can you can play within these guidelines. You know, as the same way as how men can play within these guidelines. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to project anybody to my religious viewpoints. And I just want to, it's so, I don't know, for me, it's, it's kind of like, it's so easy to just tell women that they can just wear whatever they want. They can just wear whatever they want without having any repercussions. But there were, for me, there will always be idiots in the world. There will always be retarded people in the world, uh, retarded in the sense that not shaming any re um, mentally handicapped people, but, you know, <laughs> oh but the people that are like genuinely evil, like, I there will always be those in the world and mm -hmm. I, my sense of telling women that well if you wear this the probability of you being raped is more than if you would wear certain clothing that protects x y and z not because i want to subject women and make me feel like the patriarchal figure but more so to protect them i'm saying hey if you you know I don't want to make them make women feel as though they're children where they, they would want to take advice uh, because they can't protect themselves. But at the same time, s studies will show that, well, rape victims wearing this types of clothing probability of, is higher than certain types of clothing. Um, I, I kind of like I want to connect this to like is that your mom that I've seen. Boy? No, my sister. But I wanna, I wanna connect this to a post that I've seen on like multiple Instagram stories where it says, "Protect your daughter," and then it's scratched off, and it says, "Educate your son." Like I feel like, like it's really the family, like the fun, like that's where we should be teaching 
But no, but the thing is, we always, like in families, they always tell the daughter like, oh, don't wear that. Like even um, school, like um, dress codes, it's mostly targeted, like targeting girls because we're raised in a way that like, we always have to tell women what to do. Like instead of telling guys what not to do, what's right and wrong, we don't educate them from a young age. Not all the time, but I'm saying like most of the time, like even me, like I have a, like, like an older brother, but I feel like, most of the pressure has always been on like me and my sister with like what we wear like you can't like in middle school I wasn't allowed to wear leggings or like tank tops all because it distracts guys like it's always everything is placed upon the women that's why I don't like it when like when you said to like that you tell them to protect them like no stop don't try to protect us in a way that's controlling we also need to speak out to like men so they know what's right and what's wrong and like women are going to like wear this and learn how to control yourself Okay, so, rough, so in what ways but... do you think like do you think it should be oh like a like a like a part in in school that we should we should be enforcing that in school as well? Should it be enforced in the house more? Like what like what should it be? Because we've you know traditionally we've we've as you said we've done that to women right, and mm-hmm. and we've always been like oh you should not wear this you should not wear this. I've never been you know I I grew up the same way as as any other man, and you know I've never had the thought of like. Oh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go rape that girl. You know, I like her mm-hmm. so much. I'm gonna go rape that girl. Like that's just that's so. But the stupid. thing is, the thing is, people don't say, "Oh, I'm gonna rape her," because they don't consciously rape someone in their it's mind. They think that it's they, right. Yeah. In their in their mind, like you don't. Sometimes, like it happens even in relationships. So people need to learn that. Like, I don't even know how to say this, but you don't like you don't stay like i'm going i want to rape this person you just say i want to be with this person and i'm I'm gonna do whatever i can to get with this person to the point where it then becomes like non-consensual and then it is labeled as rape so, so, so it's just it's it's social education you know i feel like that is an independent thing like social education i mean i mean more now it's more generalized now because of social media obviously but most of the time i think social education doesn't come to everybody and i feel like there has to be a way to increase that because for me i learned the hard way you know i learned um no not rape like just i learned like social you learned the hard way and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like i learned i just had to think about that uh what i'm trying to say um but yeah i've learned a lot of social cues and all that stuff from you know just from growing up like you just learn all from all these experiences from people telling you and all this and that and I feel like now this new generation, at least from what I kind of theorize, I don't think we're going to have more of those um, sexual assaults only because we know so much more from Instagram and all this stuff. And not even so much more. I feel like men fear it more, you know, because of the of the all the attack and all the all the. Hmm? Oh, yeah. I was just going to say that that is true. Men do feel more fearful nowadays, especially after the Me Too movement. I'm so sorry. Someone called me. Okay, it's all good. Are you going to have to leave? Oh, no. Okay, she's she's good. She'll just stay here. Mm -hmm. Um, But especially after the Me Too movement, the... I can um, hear you guys. Hello? You can't hear us? Wait, hold on break we'll be right back break. all right we're back um sophia sabotages <laughs> i'm joking um 
we were talking about the whole men feel fearful nowadays, especially after the whole Me Too movement. Um, there was a news cycle, I think it was on ABC News, wherein more than half, if not a little less than half, of managers, male manager, man, male personnels who are in managerial positions feel or the probability of them having a one-on-one engagement and training with with a female co-worker is very less so the so women are now missing out on experiences that can elevate their success because of those one-on-one conversations so men feel more fearful especially if they have like a female secretary and stuff of the sort they would much rather have a male secretary and um uh what else was there and reversing it to the other side right females are now more fearful of men I, i was having a conversation with a female and she said that her friend was fearful of every man that she would ever speak to or meet but at the same time she wants to date other men and um i don't know what i don't know how to feel about it but my stance is you can't eradicate all evil you cannot amplify oh i mean you can't amplify good but you can't eradicate all evil so to me my thing my only thing is it's a trade-off i i I don't necessarily believe in the whole um we can teach men definitely we are definitely teaching men the fact that um, all criminal victimizations have been going down and the, the statistics of 2013 said that one in four thousand women are sexually assaulted and the fact that it has been substantially going down ever since um, has been a very very good study that shows that our society is now learning to cope with or rather learning to I would say integrate their their feelings and their emotions more th- rather than you know verbalizing it in 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 the sense of um sexual assault in extreme cases but to me it's kind of just like a a trade off like what are you willing to risk because in the sexual revolution we risk the we risk a lot for the the sexual revolution women wanted to be sexually active and so did men what happened well a lot of children out of wedlock a lot of um broken marriages a lot of unhappy women um i read this in Adam and Eve after the pill, the consequences of the sexual revolution. There are a lot of consequences after the sexual revolution. Sure, you're free to be sex- sexy and you, f- you feel free to be sexualized by whoever you want to be um, sexualized by. But at the same time, what are you trading off with that? I, I believe in trade-offs. I don't believe in full solutions. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I agree with you. It's always... You know, like it's it's everything. This this world isn't black and white. It's all gray and blended over. You know what I'm saying? Like one, like there's no 100 solutions. Everything. There's no 100 solution to anything. You can. I agree with your trade off idea because, yeah, you know, it's not gonna. There's no. I don't think there's such thing as all men are equal. I really don't think that. All men are not equal. They're all created equal, maybe. But once they start growing up, all men are not equal. Men, women, whatever it is, does not matter. We're not equal. There's uh, always people above us and there's always people below us. Socially, you know, socially, physically, everything. There will always be people better than you. There's always always be people like that are worse than you. And that's a fact. You can't change that. 
And in a certain sense, there one solution to a problem is going to create another problem for another group of people. Solving one thing is not going to solve. Like we're trying, I feel like we're trying to reach perfection in everything. Why can't we just accept that the world is imperfect? You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. Situations like this is very hard to, to really, you know, like to really elevate or not even elevate, like balance out, you know, like, yes, men should not be doing that. But the fact is men are still doing that. You know what I'm saying? Not, not Your all solution, men. <laughs> Sorry. <That's> not <laughs> all men. <laughs> but, and the, and this, maybe the solution to whatever, to, to like, to this problem is probably going to help out women. Yeah. But then it's going to oppress men. And then people are probably going to be like, okay, is, is that so bad? You know, women have been oppressed for years and years and years. And then, and then people go like, oh, it's not right to do that. Like, even though that's, that's how it is, it shouldn't be like that. Your, everybody's points are so contradictory to one another that it's just so BS. Like, there's no, there's no right answer to anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, one solution creates another problem. You know? And, and another, another person's problem is going to be a solution for somebody else. It's just how the world works. What do you, what do you guys think about that? Before I let Sophia talk, I was just um, I was just thinking about this this one thought that I had. Um, it was it was I don't know which quote it was from. I think it was either from The Madness of Crowds by Douglas Murray. It was from another Frank Frank something from the twentieth century. It was an an Italian intellectual, and one of the things that they said were, "All men aren't created equal, but we are all equal under the eyes of God." No matter what you are, you're always going to be equal under the eyes of God. The fact that you can't fathom me being equal to you is because you're not God. Yeah, bruh, how's that going to help me? No, it, it, <laughs> it's, it, it's in the sense that we are all equal. We are all equal. But it's that we're not, we can't ever be equal under the law, nor can we be equal under the eyes of men. Because not all of us are equal. We all have freedoms, and freedoms are the... Uh, freedom is the consequence of inequality because we're not all equal because if we were all equal we wouldn't be free i would say that damn that's deep that's deep deep that's deep bro <laughs> sophia um yeah what do you think sophia oh no we can't oh, you, muted, you. you muted your mic you muted your mic oh yeah <laughs> oh, I, I muted it because my sister was making noise. I mean, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of got lost, like where the whole Me Too movement falls on there. Like all men are equal, but I guess I do want to touch on, um, like why, like men fear it, and like I don't, I don't agree with like that men should fear working with other women. Like, like what are you fearing, like? You just shouldn't. You just shouldn't uh, be harassing other women. It's not. And that's the point of the, like the movement is not just to accuse anyone. Like if anything, it's no. It's like I guess in a way it's kind of good that they fear the movement because you shouldn't be doing anything inappropriate to other women and vice versa. Like the Me Too movement is not just for women. It's just for sexual assault, like victims to speak up. So but, I don't know. It's That's not the thing though. It's okay. I'm gonna let Farrell talk first. Okay. 
here's here's how I think about it, right? Men are walking on eggshells. Yes, we shouldn't be doing that. Okay, yes, we shouldn't be doing all that stuff. And and it's it's just a given. Like you shouldn't be doing it, period. It's a crime to do it, period. Right. The fact that is now that people are so um aware of it now and people are so like yeah that's good obviously it's very very good that people are so aware of it the reason why men are afraid of it is this you can women can just um how do you say this like oh it's her word against mine you know what i'm saying like when in that situation in that situation where where it's somebody's words against somebody else's if a woman says, oh, he sexually harassed me, now it's going to lean towards women always winning. Even like it doesn't matter what the guy did, it, if the guy did it or not. I feel like the reason why men are so afraid of it is because if ever there were like and they were ever put in that situation, women would win. They would be so afraid because, well, first of all, then if I didn't do it, then that means one injustice right and two that that means whatever this woman says they'll just believe you know what i'm saying like i feel like it's not even you said not always (laughs) not all men it's (laughs) it's not even the fact that you have to be innocent it's just the perception of other people just imagine Mm -hmm. this two co-workers men and female in a bar alone drinking talking about it doesn't matter what you're talking about the perception the perception is what matters and that's what happens that's why men are fearful i was um i was also listening to this video by uh, i don't know if everybody here is from i know feral is are you familiar with abra and preach oh no so so basically abba was at a talk in this school i think and um no it was a school and after that a, a, a woman or a female student DM'd him and said, you want to go to prom with me? Abba denied. Abba said, no, because you're a minor. What am I going to do with a minor? And then she flipped that story and s- flipping that on him and saying that he asked me out and X, Y, and Z, and now he's a pedophile, making him look like a pedophile, right? And then they, and then people were asking them, why are they making a big deal out of this? Only like, oh, a minor fraction of reports are fraudulent. Well, that those are fraudulent reports that are reported to the police, not counting those that weren't, that goes along in the workforce, that goes along with public spaces. And also, it's it, it, it came to the point that now men are fearful of interacting with women, especially in the workforce, because look what happened with Kavanaugh. Look what happened now with Governor Cuomo. Well, I mean, like, Except, but hear like... me out, though. Hear me. That's the thing. I feel like the way that some people view the Me Too movement is one accusation and you're out. But they're not taking into account that accusation after accusation after accusation is not just like a coincidence. Clearly, that person has many victims behind him to make it like to the point where, no, just in general, like, if someone's being accused, most of the time it's like, multiple women speaking up not just one we're not canceling like exo whatever person just because one person spoke up most of the time it's because multiple women have to come against that person like i don't think i personally i wouldn't think that it's because they made a group chat and they decided to target the specific person that that, no that's not how it works but that's what's happening 
that there, there what, people who, are they already like seven women that are accusing him who, seven which women one? Cuomo Oh, Cuomo, okay. Like, yeah. I'm, yeah, yeah. Cuomo. That's, Get him out. That's, 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 that's being, that's, that's being like, like, men shouldn't fear that movement just because, oh my God, I touched your shoulder. Please don't accuse me. It's not like that. But it's that's women how after it's women after me. women accuse a man, then that man most likely did something for like multiple but, women to have, be against him. No, but, but that's how that, it's that's, perceived, that's, though, that's what because... it's happening, and that's how it's being perceived. Look what happened with JB. What happened with JB? An anonymous Twitter account accused JB, Justin Bieber, the biggest pop star in the world, accused him. And uh, again, an anonymous, mm-hmm. an anonymous Twitter account accused Justin Bieber of sexually harassing him. It got so That's big right. to the point where even Bieber himself had to say, "I got receipts. I was in a hotel. I was here. I was there. I could not have been there." Oh no! Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not justifying. Like I understand how like risky and sometimes how like too, like far the Me Too movement can be, but I'm speaking mostly on like on instances where it's like accusation after accusation after accusation. I don't agree that like mm-hmm. with one accusation the man should be canceled, but when it's multiple sources accusing someone, mm-hmm. then that that's when it becomes a problem because not like. A women who don't know each other like whatsoever. Why? Why would they want to accuse like the same person? It doesn't make no sense. Right. No, I agree with you. Whenever you're talking about when there's multiple accusations, when you look into it, obviously there's going to be something there. Okay, one hundred percent. But the thing that we're talking about is why men fear it so much is because that you know we're treading so lightly now, um, especially you know in just normal social interactions. It's just so so much like me i'm a very confident person and i'm a very touchy person okay i'm not not like okay not like that but i'm saying touchy like i hug people a lot okay guys you girls, are whatever. treading on everybody. dangerous waters my guy that's what i'm saying <laughs> then, i have to then, clarify then, if anything the me too movement allows men to like know when to be careful because what what comes off as an innocent action for you like from mm-hmm. you like oh i didn't mean it this way that's not how it's mm-hmm. gonna come across for other women and i feel like every individual has the right to set their own boundaries so if that's, to me that was inappropriate just because it's okay with you it doesn't mean that it's okay at all that's what i'm saying but and and especially from people like from other countries that come here you know if if they got a different t- type of greeting you know all this and that like um especially for me like what it was it was really weird for me to like because i hang out with a lot of um my hispanic friends and when i go to their uh, houses and you know their parents like i would like hug them and kiss their cheek right all this and that right and then so it, it was really weird for me and I had to adapt to that. And because of that, I became more, I became more in tune to like my touchy side, you know, I'd be like, uh, I'd be very, I'd be very comfortable around people. Right. But I'm not going to go anywhere. Like if you say no and you, and you obviously don't want that, I'm obviously like going to stop doing that. You know what I'm saying? But it's the fact that I'm okay for me before I was okay with like, you know, hugging people right off the bat, this and that. Now I have to like test the waters. I have to like really test people. Like, oh, can I do this to you? Like, like what can I do? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, <laughs> what kind? Like, or I would have to sit them down and be like, like I don't have anything like towards you. Like, I don't like you and all this and that. I'd have to be like that for them to understand me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like mm-hmm. that's just that's too much. I feel like that's just too far. Like, why do I have to sit down people and be like? Yo, okay, I, I, I see where you're like coming you. from, but I'm right. just gonna it's speak like... from like my experience. Okay, like when I was inbound, mm-hmm. like I see a friend, whatever, they hug me, and mm-hmm. then eventually they just start getting more comfortable to the point where they would just go and like, like just do it in a way where I felt uncomfortable. And sometimes it's not easy for the girl to be like, 
don't touch me like that. Like, I know it, it sounds silly, but sometimes it's not, it's just not easy because then they're going to be like, oh, you're such a weirdo or this and that. And then they're just going to like completely pull themselves away from you. So it's, mm-hmm. it's very hard for like the women to like, like, I guess, speak up when something is uncomfortable. So it's, sometimes it's nice for the guy to be the one like, like, I'm sorry if I made you feel uncomfortable, but not a lot of guys do that. Like, I agree with that. I agree with the, it's, it's, it's both people. It's both parties. Um, but sometimes in this in the sense that women are very, very uncomfortable speaking up about the fact that they're uncomfortable. It's it's genuinely up to the man to read social cues, um, which is why I highly recommend y'all um, educate yourselves, you feel me? But regardless, um, but, but, yeah. it, but I don't know how to, how to say this, but Farrell, you were going to say something? Nah, bro, use your words. Use your words. I'm trying to think, bro, speak so up. speak. Speak up, bro. No, I've been in that position. Like, I'm I'm very comfortable around my female friends. And I feel like between the... I feel like every every person's relationship with another... Especially between, like, different genders, you have a different relationship with every single... Like, of the opposite gender. Every single person of the opposite gender, right? So, for me... And my female friends, I feel like they already know, like, I'm touchy, I'm all this and that. Like, they don't, but I'm not going to go anywhere too far, obviously, because I don't like them, you know? So, it's, like, for me, I'm, I'm the, I don't know what it is. Like, I'm, it's just a habit. Like, I just, when, when I'm passing somewhere, like, I, I'm, I'm a universal, this is going to sound weird, but I don't even want to say it, bro. Like, I'm a universal toucher. Like, even if you're a guy, I'd be, like, I, when I talk to you, I'd be, like, I'd touch your shoulder or, like, or, like, I'd hit you or something like that, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like to, because I'm a very, like, Oh, bro! Like I can't say these words. No, like, you, you, you're a very, very like, affectionate type of person, and your 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 love yeah. language is to touch other people. It's physical. It's, I'm touch, physical. Yeah. Touch physical touch. Yeah. Like with guys, like I would, I would like you know, like grab them around the shoulder, all this and that, and like mm-hmm. with girls, like when, when I'm passing through, I would like, I would put my hand behind their back and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? To, for me to pass through, like not just like hard or whatever, just like mm-hmm. glide it right. And that's that's because that's just like a reflex. That's just like what I do because. That's how mm-hmm. I was learning growing up, right? I would, you know, I'd hug people a lot, guys, girls, doesn't matter. Like people think I'm weird, but like that's just that's just how I learned, you know? That's just how I, I am. As a I person. mean, I guess I mean, yeah, I mean, that's just how you are, but I think that sometimes like us failing to acknowledge how the other person might feel is like a problem. Now I'm not saying it's just you, like I mean, I'm also like I'm Hispanic. I know what it's like to, you know, I was going for the cheek for the hug and I notice how mm-hmm. other people are like so then I, that's why, like, my son, like, my son said, okay, I'm not going to do this to this person anymore. But I feel like a lot of people like that, like, um, it's kind of funny I don't know too, the word. Social cue. It's kind of funny. When I go to yeah, their I houses guess. and I meet their family for the first time and I go in for that, they, they want to go for a handshake first because they think I don't, like, I don't do that stuff. So it's it's really awkward because <laughs> like, I'm like, no, oh, yeah, I understand. Uh, I feel you. Yeah. But I guess that's something that we, so, like, we have to change as individuals sometimes, like, Something that might be right in our head may not come across as like, oh, like right to other people. And and that's what I'm saying. Like, and that's where we learn. Like we we only we're like we're the only ones in control of our actions. So in order for a person to not feel uncomfortable, then you you just act differently in front of that person, right. without necessarily interfering with your personality. I mean, I feel like knowing your personal space is not really traits. No, no, no. That's that's what I'm saying. Like every relationship that you have with another person is always different even with guys like some guys i would never like 
like touch him in any way whatsoever. Like no hugs, no no dabs whatsoever. Like I like you know even even when you're going up and you're dabbing somebody, like there's different dabs that you do with with every person. It's different, right? Either you go for the fist, you go, yeah. you, you know, you you do that, or you can do the hug one. Like it's different for everyone. So I feel like it's just te- always testing waters with people, and I feel like that's just being human, you know, because we're social creatures. We just have to learn like every everybody's cues and every and everybody's like um behaviors and all that stuff yeah i in 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 um in i don't know if it's in defense of women or in opposition to men but i would just say like (laughs) keep your hands to yourselves like as a general rule for me Mm -hmm. like i remember this one time feral me and a female friend were and and all three of us were comfortable around each other. But Farrell was way too comfortable with the female friend to the point where he put his hands in her back pockets while walking. And I was just like, what are you doing? And then but both of them were comfortable with it. Like, I, could genu- I don't even remember this. I'm going to tell, tell you after the recording. Okay. But the, both I mean, of them were comfortable. Comfortable. You just need to make sure that the other yeah. person is comfortable. But I feel as though if you were to do that in a mall mall, especially after the Me Too movement, I feel as though that wouldn't slide nowadays, even if both of you are comfortable. So that's why it's it's not, that's why it's no. not so much, it's not so much nah. the action itself, it's the perception of other I people. I disagree. I disagree as well. If I see someone doing that in the mall, I'm not gonna be like, Me Too movement, here, he's being, um like, he's sexually assaulting her. That's not mm-hmm. how it works, that people need to stop viewing the movement that way. It's not, you touch me and I'm going to cancel you. It's not about that, like, it's not just about like a tap in the shoulder it's about like genuinely touching someone like either in their private areas making them feel uncomfortable uncomfortable no consent when you're if you see a couple doing that in the mall you're not gonna be like is she like she's not she doesn't seem comfortable i'm gonna cancel her out because she's the one that has no, to but- do that for herself and she doesn't feel com- like comfortable she has to speak up for herself the whole point of that story is to tell you that people like us with common sense will view that as normal. But there are Karens mm-hmm. out in the world and there are Chads out in the world. Where people where people <laughs> you, where people Karen's Karen's in the world will view that as sexual assault. Chads in the world will view that as an okay signal to do those types of things. That's why it's it's very hard for the perception to go out there and be uh, I wouldn't say normalized, but it's out there, right? And okay. I mean, I, I genuinely am a reclusive type of person. Like I wouldn't be touchy touchy with with other people. Like Farrell knows this. I don't know if Sophia knows this, but I, I, I did I ever hug you in high school? I don't know. I think I always like just dap you up, and that's about it. I think we only like said hi when we were already at the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it it was um I, I'm I'm genuinely rather reclusive. Like I'm a homebody type of kid. So I, I, I so that's weird, bro. So there are three types of people in the world. So there's me, there's Feral, and then there are Chads. Chads are like they'll just like <laughs> project their own sexual whims to other person to the other person, wherein they don't see the individual woman. They see what could be, like what could be, you know. And uh, have you ever, you know, Skippy, like the Virgin, like Skippy? No. So basically, Skippy, peanut butter. No, his name is Skippy, and he's a Mormon in Idaho. So that already okay. kind of gives you. But regardless. He he doesn't see the individual, and she, he doesn't. He's not self-aware to the point where he doesn't see that the woman is uncomfortable. He just sees the probability or the possibility of having a relationship. So he doesn't see the individual. 
Um, I don't know what the the point of that tangent one, but the whole point, I'll I'll just say that keep your hands to yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, how much time did we allow for this? Because I have like one last topic that I I would like to touch on. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Um, well, abortion. I wanted to 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 get Sophia's perspective on it. I mean, I'm definitely pro-choice. Why are you? Pro-choice? Are you guys pro-life or pro-choice? I'm like, pro. You- I don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure you've heard this multiple times, but I genuinely believe that women should have uh, be like have the right to make decisions, like mm-hmm. with their own bodies, and I think that a lot of people think that pro-choice right away says like abortion is good or bad but it's really not about that pro-choice it's just about like leaving like allowing the woman to make a decision for herself you know mm-hmm. but i want to hear more like about you like why, okay. why are you I'll, I'll i'll play i'll play both sides okay i'll play both sides first of all i do agree with you that women should definitely have the choice to do whatever they want with their bodies because it's their bodies but on the other hand there are consequences for when they do it as well and I know Aaron can go to the consequences of like the, with the baby and all that stuff. One with the point of the baby, um, it is still going to become a human being. You know what I'm saying? And and that human being, you're basically robbing them, stealing them, you know, ro- robbing them of a future. And that I feel was the the one argument that really hit me when it came to. But you're uh, thinking on behalf life. of something that's like not living yet. You're thinking on behalf of some, like over someone that genuinely like you're not the one carrying the baby for nine months. You're not the one that has to give birth. You're not the right. one that has to do breastfeeding, which is absolutely mm-hmm. painful. You're not the one that runs the risk of having the like the baby father abandon you, leaving right. you in a financial crisis. So why like you're completely ignoring all of those factors for the possibility of the like the fetus having a, a life. Well, I'm saying that's that's one argument that one you are robbing this human of a life. Yes, we're all all like I said, everything is blended over, right? Nothing is black and white, right? If <laughs> if the baby is aborted, right, mm-hmm. then you're probably gonna be super great. You're gonna be okay, cool. I mean, you'll have guilt, whatever. Okay, cool. But like, your life will still be stable. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But the baby's life is gone, right? But on the other yeah, hand, yeah, and it doesn't even begin. Right, but here's not on anything. You're right, not right, robbing right. them of anything that they've never that they've had already. And on the other side, on the other side, for your side, right? If the woman does choose to have this baby, they have to deal with all the um, consequences of or the risks of maybe the man leaving, right? Maybe uh, the financial crisis, you know, all this and that. And that's why i'm pro i don't give a fuck like because there's no right answer this this no yeah definitely literally like this um freaking this debate this argument is never gonna die out because people will always have differing opinions there's no way that this ever in 10 20 30 years ever gonna be solved I mean, it's I think it's only—it's mostly when it, when like when government interferes that it becomes an issue. Like making laws that prohibit abortion—that's when it becomes an issue. I, I mean, uh, you can have your own opinions, but when the government 
places a law that prohibits women from getting abortion. That's when I that's when I start like getting upset because you're forcing a woman to like give life to like a little human that she doesn't even know if she can take care of. Like mm -hmm. there's just so right. many factors that need to be taken into consideration rather than just labeling it as murder. I don't think that abortion is murder at all. When you're I murdering think... someone, you have bad intentions. You genuinely want to get rid of that person. With abortion, you're not saying, oh, I'm going to kill you. I really don't like you. Don't not necessarily. You're just, you just genuinely cannot have that baby. And like the woman should not feel forced to go through that. And, and I don't think that like men can like are not even close to knowing what women actually go through. I don't even know what women go through, but I can only like imagine based on like I know I'm gonna have to go through it eventually, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, you, yeah. But okay, so I have this one thing before Aaron talks because I know he has a lot in his mind right now. I, I could already see him preparing like his lips, like, yeah, I'm, I'm about to get oh, ready. Oh yeah, I've seen, it. I've seen it. I've seen his. He's like, like I don't, yeah, no, he's gonna come for me. He's gonna come for me. Before that happens, before he goes off, okay. There's this one thing I think we talked about this too. There was this comedian. I ah, what's his name? Oh, Dave what's his name? Dave Chappelle. Yeah, he said he was talking about abortion, saying, "I don't care what you do. I believe in pro-choice, right? That's what he said. I believe in pro-choice. So if you can choose to keep the baby, and even if the man doesn't want the baby, right? If you can choose that, then I can choose not to pay. Uh, what is it called? Not to pay. Um, child support. Child support. Yeah, that's what he said. So what do you think about that? I want to know. No, 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 no. Because it's only fair. Okay, right? You can choose that, or I can choose not to pay. Because I didn't want the child. You want the child. <laughs> no, the the whole point of that story is basically women want men's opinions out of women's bodies. So, but mm -hmm. but they want women. They want men in in providing f for the child. So it's it's that a double it's a it's well, a it's a one way street or rather it's because it's no standards. I don't think so at all because like I said you guys don't have to have the baby in the womb for nine months and it's the same argument over again because that's what really matters you guys are not going through the physical exhaustion of a pregnancy mm -hmm. so you're gonna tell me that because like my body is physically not ready to have a baby and I have the choice of whether I have it or not you're gonna choose to not provide like support if anything if you don't provide for my financial support you're proving my point of why abortion should be like legal you're trying to threaten me with money you're trying to tell me like oh i'm not gonna pay for you because you don't i have no say in your like what are you what you do with your body then you have no say in what i do with my pockets that's that's not fair yeah your pockets your pockets don't 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 talk about my pockets though you know what i'm well, saying the man's like... pocket. i'm sorry when i when i like, talk about like examples like i talk it as if right, it were right, right. like, i don't know it's so weird but yeah I still think that's super, I feel like that's just, that just makes so much sense to me. I don't know why, but it's like, yeah, I didn't, obviously didn't go for the whole nine months of exhaustion. Yeah. And I'm telling you not to go there because if you don't want to go through the, the nine months of exhaustion, that means you don't really want the baby. So if you don't want the baby, you can go what ahead. If you it, can it, choose... What if it was an unplanned pregnancy, which happens? Okay. So you and can okay, choose... If I don't have the baby, don't give me money. If I have the baby, give me money. If I have them, you have no choice. If I have the baby, you have no choice but to help me support that baby. Because not only are you being extremely petty for having that argument, but you're being like a bad father figure. I, I, I just don't understand how people can view it like that. Like, 
okay, you choose to have it. Let me just not pay for the child that I help you bring to this planet, to this earth, to give it life. Right. So it's like, but here's the thing though. So now, so now you're talking about two people, right? You're talking about two people that should be in this because, hey, I choose to keep the baby. Then that means when the baby's already out and mm -hmm. living and breathing and walking, then yeah, we should both help is what you're trying to say, right? Mm -hmm. Is that we should both help. But mm -hmm. here's the thing. I know what you're going to say that like the men should also have a say in the decision. Hear me out. I don't have a problem with, let's say I'm married and I'm having a kid. I think it's completely fair for like mm -hmm. the husband and the wife to have a conversation. What I don't like is other men getting involved in a, an individual, like just a woman, like just no, just women in general. That's what I don't like. And I think that's what most people don't agree with. Like we're not saying men have absolutely no say in this. Men that are not a part of my life, that don't feed me, that don't support me, they don't have a say. But if if it's my husband, the one that has to like that helps me like financially, then yes, he's gonna have a say because we have to agree whether we, both of us can have this child. I feel like that's just like a, a super basic like day one thing that you should that you should. I say. have like, to go to the bathroom, are, so uh, I right, go run. Keep this conversation going. <laughs> Bye. All right, but so basically, like, I don't like, understand why a guy like a random guy in the streets like oh yeah you like women should not be allowed to abort. Who are you to tell other women right. what to do? Are you gonna are they gonna ask you to pay for the child? No, so sit your ass down. But if you're right, my husband, right. okay, I'm gonna listen to you. Maybe you know discuss whether I should get an abortion right, no, that's, or not. That's a hundred percent. That's a hundred percent right. Like you, like you shouldn't be talking about somebody else's body because you think something's right. First of all, yeah, you have your opinion. Sure, okay, cool, great, keep it to yourself. Like, okay, you, you're not that person's husband. You know, I, I get that. Yeah, that's cool. But what I'm trying to say is, in the situation with the Dave Chappelle thing, right? Do you think any of that is right? Because I feel like some part of it is very valid. Like, say we both made this child, right? We both made the child. It's an accident, okay? It's an accident. Mm -hmm. I don't want it. Maybe and and maybe you're pro-life or something like that, right? Or 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 not even like you 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 don't want to abort it, okay? Because you choose not mm -hmm. to abort it, okay? Because you're pro-choice, right? Pro-life. Pro you can't abort it. If I but, choose not to abort it, right? You just choose not you to choose abort not it. To. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm like, okay, great. So you choose not to abort it, but I don't want the baby. So what are we gonna do? Like, I don't. It's okay. I have a question for you though. So sometimes people think that women who are bored are being selfish, right? And you even like hinted at that by saying that you're no, robbing like a baby. True, yeah. yeah, they're being selfish, right? Mm -hmm. So wouldn't you say that by you making the choice of like you're also being selfish yourself? So that's just a hypocritical example, in my opinion. Like you're being so like because once the baby's out, it's legally under your responsibility, and you're like, you're saying that you don't want to pay for them. You're being selfish. I'm saying, what if, what if we, so let's say we both, it's an accidental baby. Okay, we both had, we had, we, I had a condom, you had birth control, didn't even go past that. B, plan B, none of that worked. Okay, boom. Super baby, okay. Super baby, super baby, like freaking pushed in there. All right, and then you're like, okay, well. I don't want the baby because, first of all, that's selfish reasons as well. You you don't want the babies for your factors, right? Because hey, I don't. I'm not ready for a baby. You know, I don't want to go through the nine months. I don't want to do this because it's your body. You don't want that, right? So mm -hmm. you can choose to abort. But if you choose to say, okay, well, 
hey, I kind of want this baby. And then I go, well, I don't want this baby. Like, so you just not let it No, not even. I that. mean, I well, like that should be a compromise to that, where it's like, okay, you can keep the baby. Okay, like that's your body, right? You choose to have the baby, but then that means I have no rights to do anything at all, but to pay for the baby. When I can, I can just not claim the baby. And that's what happens. Right. People just well, live. Right. For the because most part, he... people really do. People really do just just leave. I think we're going in circles here, wherein the 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 whole premise of this continual discussion is basically surrounded upon whether who's selfish, who's not selfish, and who's going to provide for the baby, and who's not. <laughs> I, um, think, I, think, I think we're all selfish. I think we're all selfish. Yeah, that, that's just that's just what it is. So, but no, no, Aaron, so say your point about what you wanted about because like, you said something about like um, baby's not alive yet, right? So I know you got a ton, ton of shit on that. On that. Yeah, no, I know there's people believe think that like life begins at you know. So um you can't okay so here's my thing right so sophia started off by saying that she's for the sovereignty of the woman the sovereignty of the mother to choose what she wants for her body or rather her exact sense was i i am for the woman's right to choose well that's a rather arbitrary sentence try to choose what right to choose what that's like me saying i'm for the right of man to take well take what take what so um, if if your is to choose to I don't know punch me in the stomach because I'm sexually harassing you, just you know dialing back to the conversation we had earlier. I mean, yeah, of course that's in self. the baby's life, like the. Wait, you said it wasn't. Yeah. But you said it it wasn't a life. So what what are you terminating? Oh, I mean, no, no, no. I like on getting on to choose to get an abortion to not have the baby. To not that's have what the... they have. They should be to choose whether they want to have it or not have it. And the and you also said that the fetus is not a life yet. What makes you say that? Yeah. I mean, it's not. It can't just function on its own. Like, like if it were to come out, like let's say two months into the pregnancy, you take it out, it's not going to be a living thing. It's going to not survive. So it's technically not living on its own yet. But there's Whereas also you, the argument. Pharaoh, be quiet. Then, I let you speak. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. That's yeah, all good. Go ahead. That's all good. Um, um, so a, a two-month-old fetus is different than a two-month-old infant outside of the womb, because one is directly um, dependent on the motherhood or the mother. And the other, it, it can be viable on its own. No way, yeah. This is the problem with the viability argument when it comes to determining where life is. Because you can draw a line there wherein people who are in comatose, people who are sleeping, who aren't really viable, who aren't really sentient, people who are outside of the womb, one month, two month, three month, one year old infants who aren't really viable on themselves, they're still... Um, they're still dependent on the mother or the, any parent or the guardian. And if you think about it, it, it's dangerous because if you want to draw the argument of where life begins in viability, if you stretch it out to where it actually goes, everybody is viable or everybody is invaluable because we all depend on somebody else. If I get a stab or if I get a cut on my liver, I'm going to have to be dependent on the hands of the doctor. Or if I am... 
or you don't even grow your own food. None of us tailor our own clothes. None of us are fully sufficient. None of us are fully viable. So that's the that's my problem with the viable argument because it's a philosophical one. If we're going to bound our logic by biology, there's no going around the fact that life begins at conception, right? Life begins at conception because at the time that the sperm and the egg meet, that's when a unique genetic code that will never be repeated again gets created. That's when a new human life is formed. Now, if we're going to argue about personhood, right, let me ask you this. Um, a question would be, when do you think that abortion is not viable or it's not feasible? Like, is there a line to be drawn in abortion for you? I would say, like, maybe eight nine months just because i don't know like the risk for the woman like i don't know if it's like risky considering that like the woman is clearly bigger so those those are two things because one you're arguing for the health of the mother and the second Mm -hmm. you're differentiating each stages of the fetus life let's go to the fetus let's talk about the mother later but regarding the fetus what's different between an eight to nine month old fetus that is about to be, I don't know, that is about to, you know, come out the womb. Come out. Because mm-hmm. we've already agreed that life begins at conception. Like, there's no going around that. Now we're talking about personhood. What is the difference mm-hmm. between a seven to nine month old infant in the or fetus in the womb than, say, a two week old infant, uh, two week old fetus in the womb? Okay, this is gonna sound messed up, but like <laughs> at nine months, it genuinely looks like a human. It looks like a little baby. It's the closest you're gonna get. It's just a month away from actually being out in the world. Whereas when you're two months in, like it's, it barely has a shape. And you're prioritizing that over the woman's life who, yeah, you can continue. You mean who has an established life, is what you're trying to say? Pretty much. An established life. That's hard to define, yeah. and also the whole definition of um, the whole definition of what constitutes the moral obligation for us to preserve life is defined by how we look. What about people with Down syndrome? No, the thing is, when I think of abortion, I don't go so much into the fetus because, in my opinion, we shouldn't be prioritizing the rights of the fetus over the woman. I see it more as like the fact that like. Not even a like a woman can make a choice on their own without being criticized. That's that's how like that's mostly what bothers me about this whole pro life pro choice. I don't have an issue if you if you don't agree with abortion. I don't have an issue if you like are pro life. I just don't like other women and other men that shame women for getting an abortion because I think that everyone has their own like rights and everyone has their own decisions to make. Uh, regarding the, I don't, I don't, I don't go so much into like whether, like how, how, like according to the like pregnancy of the fetus, how formed is. I don't go into that because for me, what matters is how the woman is being treated in society as a result of her actions, actions that are completely valid in my opinion. So, I do definitely agree in the sense that women should have the sovereignty to make their own decisions. But what are those decisions? You said earlier that. A woman can do whatever she wants, but then if you legislate it and make the government big enough to dictate that what a woman can and cannot do, that's what you're opposed with. Um, well, because then, then you you run the risk of women getting abortions in, in the streets in their own houses, and then that's putting the woman at like a, a higher risk of like death. 
because you want to make it illegal. You want to make something that should be a free choice illegal. That's when it becomes an issue. Personally, I would, I probably would never get an abortion, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to go out of my way to criticize those who do. And that's a lot of things, that, like, that's something that a lot of people do. They criticize people that do instead of just minding their own business because that's not even your baby to begin with. That's not your body to begin with. Not your say. That's when I, that's what I mean. That's not your say. So I, I do genuinely agree that there should be uh, genuine care for the mother and women who are dealing with this even pre uh, or um, pre-birth meaning she's on the verge of deciding whether or not she should take an abortion she should she should definitely talk to somebody or even if when or um when they get an abortion god forbid they should definitely talk to somebody instead of there being a stigma on it um here's here's my thing though um say i were to stab Farrell without his consent and inevitably murder him would you not then allow the government to step in because he has no say in what my actions are. That's when the government has You're to step You're murdering in. an individual that lived already 18 years of his life, genuinely has clearly created a life for himself. You're murdering that. You're genuinely taking away something from him or from other people. When you're in the fetus, you have not missed out on anything. You haven't had anything to begin with. So why is that murder if I'm not taking anything from you? I'm taking the, like, I'm making the choice for my own body to, like, am I making any sense? Like, I feel like that there should be a, like, there's completely different, like, murder and and abortion. I guess your standpoint is that you're... Murdering someone that genuinely already had a life. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that your standpoint of um, the justification for abortion is that the fetus has no... The fetus has no... S- memory or experience but somebody yeah. who's 18 year old has and therefore that yeah. should trump the basic right to human life yes because you're actually I, getting I, something taken away from you when if i uh, when i'm 18 i've already gone to elementary school middle school high school i'm already in college i already have a family people that know me Friends, everything. I have this whole life already built and continue to build it. Well, when you're a fetus, you haven't had any of that yet. The woman right. has had like a like her life and everything. And then you're trying to put a fetus that hasn't had anything in life. You're gonna prioritize that over someone who genuinely had a, like an experience and who knows whether they can maintain have that child and take care of that child and support that child. Uh, so, so one, I applaud you for your intellectual continuity. Um, uh, here, here's my thing though, because your justification for the, for, uh, or for the taking away of life at this point, because is the, the non-existence of experience with the fetus. What if, what about people with dementia? What about people with early stage dementia where they, you've practically taken away all of their experience, their blank Uh. slates, people who are now in medical facilities that have in no way, shape, or form, recalling their memories whatsoever. Are we then justified by your standpoint to, no. to murder you're, them? You're missing my point. It's not about mem- like the fact that you created memories. They've Those even with dementia, they still live their lives, and you're not taking away. There's nobody taking anything away from them to, because whether they remember it or not, everyone around them knows that they've had a full life 
and they had like they genuinely built something for themselves so i like to make the comparison between someone who lived an entire life and then just happens to suffer from dementia and forget everything from someone that didn't even come out of like the women's body to begin with so they're two different examples it's not it's not if you think about it because your argument was just experience whether or not they've had it or had not is regardless because you're you're viable you're because with experience you're genuinely getting something taken away from you what are you taking from the fetus despite a possible the possibility of like a good life let me what are you taking away from a fetus what are you taking and what are you taking away from a what are you wait 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 wait, wait. no (laughs) what life what did they live they could so even now, agree on their own. So, see, here, here, now the problem then stems from the fact that we're no longer talking about biology. We're talking about philosophical personhood. Because we've... the Genuine okay. biological human life has to start in conception. There's no other way around that. Biology now. can tell me that, but everyone has a different way of viewing what actually is life. That's why we're now talking about personhood. Regardless, what is a fetus? A fetus is just the same way a toddler is a human being, the same way an adult is that. It's fetus, it's a zygote, fetus, toddler, child, adolescent, and so on and so forth. Those are just stages of human life. Now, what you're saying is that at the the stage of life wherein the fetus can, under your standpoint, is unsentient and has no moral experience and has no choice that kind of translates to at the stage where the zygote or the fetus or the human life is at its most vulnerable and its most dependent state that should justify its abortion if you think about it that's the justification for the abortion and also one more thing the, the you you said something about if we were to legislate right say say we were to legislate abortion mm-hmm. then we then run the risk as a society to get those women on out of abortion or illegal abortion right we we we, we run the risk of having women then revert to unsanitary methods of abortion that also wouldn't hold any waters because a hypothetical or not rather a thought experiment would then be everybody should obey the law everybody should obey the traffic lights but under the circumstances where in ambulances have a dying body behind in their truck or in their trunk then they have to rush and speed past the traffic light so under those circumstances, the running of the speed light or the, the traffic light would then be justified. So under those very minute circumstances, we would then justify all of abortions, just or uh, justify the eradication of traffic lights just f- for those sentences or just for those certain circumstances. And also, um, one of the things that you said was about the... Uh, the rape thing, unwanted pregnancies. Would you support pregnancy or abortions regardless of whether or not they were rape or incest? Yes. So why bring it up? Oh no, because I don't understand why people need a specific scenario in order to allow women to make a choice. Like, oh, you were raped? Yeah, go ahead, get an abortion. 
oh no, you can't make a choice for yourself because you weren't um you weren't raped. Get out. You can't get an abortion. Yeah. So like, so so my only question would like then that. be, it seems as though you you're you you would support abortion regardless of whether or not they were rape or incest. So my only question is, why even bring it up? I think Pharrell mentioned something, so I I kind of just said it. And I when I say on un- unwanted does not mean it's necessarily a rape. It's just accident happened and you don't want the child anymore. That's what makes it unwanted. It's not a case of necessarily you got raped or assaulted. So should the right of a human being to live their live their life as they see it fit trump the basic human right of life? Because yeah, now you then you're, the argument because now <laughs> then because now then the argument becomes the big person's right trumps the little person's right because now you're trumping how you want to live your life your right to that would then that trump the basic human right to life does the right of however you want to live your life I still does, don't get what you're trying to say because and how that plays with what I said about rape because the argument of rape one I think is disingenuous because people who tend to advocate for pro-choice and use the stance of rape they they support rape regardless or they support abortion regardless of whether or not it was rape or incest um but th- that argument is it's it's the right of the mother to live how they want their life which is fine by me but should that right override the right of the infant to live to just just the basic right of human life I mean, I feel like I've pretty much proved. You said yes, which I, I I genuinely applaud you for that. But I wouldn't say so because it's it's the most basic right of human life, and the government has to intervene in those things because, like in the situation of, like in the situation of me murdering another person without consent, then we should even more pay attention to somebody who cannot even advocate for themselves. How come? How come the government doesn't intervene when it comes to vasectomies? Why is it only? Why don't they only interfere when it's the woman, but so not be- when it's the man making the choice to not even like begin life? So vasectomies are different because no life has been created whatsoever. If because vasectomies, but it's still your own body, and you're not being told what to do. Whereas, like at one point, if if, if women wanted to get their like tubes tied, they need a consent from their husband. So I think that's also another issue. Like, it's not so. I don't focus so much on the aspect of like whether the fetus is a living thing or not. It's about like men always trying to have control over women and like it's, their own decisions. It. I would. I like. I. Said, I understand your. I feel like. I feel like the reason we're not seeing it like the same is because you're focusing too much on the fetus, where I'm not. Like, the, to me, it's just not living. A woman should. Like be able I said. To do what they want with their- I genuinely agree with the freedom of or the sovereignty of the mother to do whatever it is that she wants with her body. But like the dictum of the Supreme Court, the pro- my ability to shake my fist is limited by the proximity of your chin. Meaning, I can do whatever I want with my body as long as it doesn't affect another individual. And that's what pro-lifers stand for. It's not necessarily the right of the mother to... to I mean, mothers, they can do whatever they want with their bodies. But 
it's then we're advocating for if the it's infant. Inside my body, doesn't that still make it my body, my choice? How many heads do you have in your pregnant? My body. How many heads do you have in your pregnant? Wait, wait. Mama, hold up, hold up. I'm so sorry. So, so, um, I'm just gonna keep talking. <laughs> so, the 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 whole problem of that whole my body, my choice argument is that. There's no universal law that dictates that you can do whatever you want with your body because our rights trump or override one another. They always clash because there's so many of us. And we then have to intercede or intervene in the cases wherein your my right to how to live my life is interfering with your basic right to human life. That's when the government has to step in. That's why... <laughs> It all, it's very, it's all very subjective. A lot of people and most like people who are pro-choice is because they don't think that the fetus is a living thing yet. And unless you it don't is. view it that way, then you're never going to agree with abortion. Well, to you it is, to me it isn't. And everyone has different opinions. So many people, it is a living thing. My mom is completely pro-life. Um, pro I can't argue with her because she's always going, she's forever going to think that the fetus is already a living thing. I'm forever going to be opposing to that i don't believe We've, that it's a living thing nor that it should um be prioritized over like the women's life i feel as though we've already established that especially in the un in i think it was the late 20th century because we've already established that life begins in human at human conception but the problem then becomes on personhood well the un has already established that any human being, regardless of what state you're in, as long as you're human, you are then granted personhood. And under the law, that should be. Um, the problem with Roe v. I don't know. I don't know why I'm bringing up Roe v. Wade, but the problem with Roe v. Wade was because the mother was genuinely in danger, and then mm -hmm. Planned Parenthood kind of so, extracted that. Okay, and that, that. Okay, I want your opinion on that then, mm. because you're talking about how like women don't have the right to terminate another. Be little being, you know, nobody um, being alive, but yeah, okay. So, how do you make the choice of to prioritize the mother's life versus the baby's life if the mother is at risk? Oh, so here's or are my you thing. the type to like let the, the mother die over the baby? No, 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 here's my thing there's a difference between abortion and um, the inevitable consequence of the fetus's death. So in the cases of ectopic pregnancies and the direct lineage between the fetus's birth or the fetus's life and the mother's death, in those cases, we do whatever it is that we can to save both the, the persons or the, both human beings' life. But the priority is the mother because, because without the mother, the fetus is unviable. But we do our best to save both. But in regards to saving the mother's life and then it causes in the inevitable death of the fetus then i wouldn't have a problem with that because that's not necessarily abortion it's an inevitable death of the of the fetus with well, no but the i'm life. not referring to when the, when like i'm not talking about like an inevitable death i'm talking about like you generally have to make the choice the mother or the child like the fetus is still alive, but you have to make the choice between the mother's life and the fetus. Like you, you can give birth, but you run the risk of dying. Everybody should runs the, the mother, risk. Like, Everybody if, runs if, the risk. The of... Like should the mother feel obligated to to like just die just to have the baby, or should they have the choice to okay, I'm going to abort it because I genuinely want to continue living the life that I've already been building for so many years. 
I think that's a straw man because it depends on the situation. Like I said, if if the saving of the mother, I mean, again, we're saving both people. But in the cases of those really, really extreme cases wherein the birth or the life of the fetus has direct lineage to the health and the life of the mother. And we save the mother because, again, without the mother, the, the fetus is unviable. It cannot live in itself in or it cannot live on itself. And that causes the inevitable death of the fetus. Then that would be justified because it was inevitable. But it, it's not it's not cut and dry wherein we choose the mother. So let's just kill the baby. You know, it's not that I think. No, because there are instances where the like not that technically every woman is at risk when giving birth, mm -hmm. but there's scenarios where you 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 can know ahead of time like you might not make it because of so and so. Like let's say it's just like a woman they suffer from something That's... and they know that they could potentially die while giving you know, birth. That's what I'm that talking about. Like like I said, definitely the woman. Okay. I would say the woman because you know why? Here's why. This is because one, the baby can't talk. It doesn't. It hasn't learned it yet. So. The, and the mother's uh -huh. going to be pushing it out. Continue. The mother mm -hmm. should get, should override everything because, well, okay. she's the one that's going to be, and that's her life. And also, um, what is it called? The baby can't speak for itself. So I'm going to just be like, yo, mm -hmm. save the baby's life or save my life. It's up to the, it's up to the, it's up to the mother. And that's, that's what I would no, you're literally. Those are way too way different to... things. I'm not against you. I'm, I'm not against you. I'm those with are, you. <laughs> those are way too different things because nah. you said. Because you and said. Me out. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, because you said in those circumstances where we find out that when you deliver this baby, you are you are going to die, and and some some under the the same logic as that, but then that's different because, like I said, we save both people. We save both human beings. But again, if the saving of the mother, because again, the mother is priority because without the mother, the fetus is unviable and it cannot live in, on itself. So we have to save the mother first. But in saving the mother, we cause the death of the infant or the fetus. That's justified. And also, um, I was watching, I don't know, I forgot her name. But it was this, this one female speaker at a talk. Uh, her, said, her, her speech was called, you can look this up, her speech was called... Um, abortion from controversy to conversation i think and one of the things that she said was say um in the cases that we find out that your um your 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 infant or your fetus is going to be stillborn right do you want to abort the baby or do you want to abort the kid uh, she related that to another instance or a thought experiment wherein say um say your mother called and your mother was a week away from dying because she has cancer would you tell the doctor to kill her right now or would you be the first person to be on the first flight out? Of course, you'd choose the latter unless you, I don't know, you have, depends on your relationship with the mother. But regardless, say, given that you love your mother, is you're going to spend as much time as you want with as little amount of time as you have with that person. The same way she related it to the fetus. Why not just spend as much time as you possibly can with that infant and then, you know, then that. But I feel like, okay, I see where you're coming from, but let's say I don't, I want to abort the child because I won't be able to provide them with the life that they deserve and I'm just going to bring them to like live in misery, right? It's the same thing, like, it's the same thing with my mother. If I know that she's in pain, why would I be selfish and just 
go to her just for my own satisfaction of seeing her again while she's in pain instead of just letting her die early. Like, you know, euthanasia. I agree with euthanasia. So Euthanasia under whose, uh, under whose will? Does she say that you can? Oh, no, voluntary. Voluntary, voluntary. euthanasia. Well, the fetus never voluntarily... Oh, it depends, though, but it... I think what happens, I'm sorry. Um... But the, like, like Pharrell said, the baby just can't speak, so that's just. Then, like I said, like I said, it just proves that they shouldn't like if they can't speak. Then why do I have to prioritize something that's not even a being yet? Because you're saying that it's either or. It's not either or. It depends on the situation. I'm gonna say this. <laughs> it's not either or. Like I said, the mother is the priority, but we're saving both. We're saving both human beings, but the mother's the priority. Why? Because again, the fetus cannot live on itself, so we have to prioritize the mother. So if the mother saves and that causes the inevitable death of the fetus, we're not choosing. We're choosing both. But if but the mother's the priority, like I said, I'm not gonna repeat it. But um, what was I gonna say? I was just going to say that that translates to the what Farrell and you both have said that the fetus can't talk for itself. So why are we prioritizing that? The fetus can't talk for itself. The fetus can't live for itself. That translates to at the fetus's most vulnerable and most dependent state that should justify abortion. Man, I'm pro-choice. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's up to yeah, you. Yeah, no one can ever change my life. My, my I, don't, I think we're just going in circles, honestly. honestly. I don't know. I, just, I, no, because I feel like just because you don't agree doesn't mean that we can't have this conversation. I mean, yeah, yeah it's going to be back and yeah. forth, but it's still really nice to see, like, hear other people's viewpoints. Like like I said, like the only, the only pro-life argument that I really like just think about is the fact like I, I would never get an abortion like well not me myself but like i would never like want anybody to have an abortion you know or like or like my, my partner right to have an abortion but um that's something that me and her had to talk about like in the beginning stages of our relationship you know what i'm saying um but the only argument that i would ever advocate for is the fact that the robbing of the future that that's the only one only because of this logic right when someone dies we're not thinking, oh, life well lived. And we're not crying because that person is a life well lived. We're crying because, well, we don't have a future with that person anymore. That person is gone. You know, that person's future is gone. My future with that person is gone. You know, especially when it comes to um, in a situation where two young couples that just got married, let's say the husband died, right? Husband died, then you long you long for that person because one, you missed them. You missed everything that you guys did. And also you missed them because, well, what about the stuff that we were going to do? You know, that's why there's so many songs about it. There's so many movies about it. And even like I was watching Jane the Virgin and, oh wait, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil that for anybody. Never mind. It's just self-satisfaction though. But okay. But what I'm saying is, um, because when you're dead, you're just dead. You don't feel anything. If you're not out of the womb, you don't feel anything. You don't know anything. But it's also like you're robbing a future for that person or for that baby because you you have plans for that baby as well. Like it's not just the death is not just like oh, it's not just like oh the, the child didn't even have a life yet. Like yeah, he was going to have a life, but you killed it. 
You know what I'm saying? That's the, that's the only no, one. No, it already I'll, has I'll, like, a life. But the definition becomes no, no, like a life lived, you... a life lived, life lived, basically. So again, so like, oh, philosophical that, that... debates. Right. That's what that's what I'm saying. Like, only that's the only one I'll advocate for. Like, oh yeah, like, um, he hasn't has a he hasn't had a, a life lived yet. He hasn't even lived through. He can't he can't even speak it. He can't remember anything yet. So, like, what's the problem? I'm like, well, what about when he does? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, so you're prioritizing the what ifs over the women possibilities over the women but you're not prior what what yeah you're focusing on the what ifs you're yeah you're no you're prior, the woman what ifs the possibilities over mm-hmm. the woman that already lived a life you're prioritizing yes. everything that i mean you're putting I don't, I don't, I don't something think that does not exist. That is just ideas over something that a woman has already built and something that a woman knows only her herself knows, like what, like whether she wants to bring the baby to life or not. Because you guys are basically saying that you're robbing the baby from a future. Mm-hmm. You're robbing it from having a life, mm-hmm. and you guys are focusing so much on that aspect and prioritizing that, like the woman herself who lived and has had experience and knows whether she's ready to have that baby or not. I don't think so because like like I, I already said, we're prioritizing when we're trying to save the life of both um, and especially pregnancies, we're trying... No, 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 I'm not, I'm not talking... No, I'm just... No, it's not, I'm, I'm not talking about... I'm like, uh, what Pharrell said. In the I'm sense not talking of, about what said, like, pregnancy like and time... taking care of the the, the, the she, She's not talking about the risk of death of the woman. Like, yeah, that's yeah, part no. of it. But she's, she's talking about, like, the risk of the life of the woman. Like, not, like you know, her norm, her normal life. Like, not, like, life as in, like, she's breathing. It's not even a risk. It's just, it, I simply said you're prioritizing that. I'm not saying that the woman is at risk. Mm-hmm. You're just putting ideas and the possibilities of what could be or what has already been, what's already been there, what's already been constructed, what's already been experienced as a woman. I think... I don't I, agree with that. Well, I mean, uh, Sophia's already been consistent on this. She said that it doesn't... <laughs> her, oh, the, the mother's right to how to live her life trumps the basic human right of life, which, I mean, even though that's her opinion, it's kind of... It's, like, it's against the law and it's against the UN's amendment on... I think it was... It was after... It was, it was after Boom. the... What was it? It was after, well, it was after Stalin's Russia and the Holocaust when the UN kind of gathered together. Well, not kind of. They did gather together and had this amendment wherein um, any human being is granted life and personhood. Um, it was one of the clauses of that constitution. But can we can we talk about one last thing or do you have to go? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't mind. <laughs> I'm uh, this is, is going to be rather short. Farrell, I know you have to go, so I'm gonna make this rather short. Do you have you heard of? I have to go. I'm hungry. I want to eat. <laughs> uh, last, last thing, last thing, last thing. Have you guys heard of Super Straight? I heard oh, of it, but I'm gonna God. be honest with you. I don't really. Do you mind explaining? Because I'm confused. Is it like, like heterosexual people that just identify? So here's like... my. So here's here's. No, the thing. they're like. There was a graph, and then straight people will date either male straight people. A straight man would date. Uh, a man or a trans man so mm-hmm. a straight uh, a straight man will date a woman or a trans woman a super straight man will only date biological women 
and a super straight woman will only date biological men. And why do they have to put a label? Huh? Just, just why do they have to put a label? Just date whoever you want. You don't have to tell me whether like you're into just straight men or not. Like, I don't know. I just don't agree with labels in general. I, my my stance on that is well, there were no outrages when genders about liking dogs, genders about liking aliens, genders about gen- sexually being <laughs> like attracted to trees. <laughs> nobody, nobody, nobody bat an eye when those genders appeared, and they even had a flag upon it. But we are causing an outrage on something that's biologically proven. I don't, that's my only stance on it. Like I don't, I don't, I don't get the whole double standards thing, wherein nobody batted an eye when all of these gendered appear, genders appear. But when the only gender that is biological, well, what do you stated, mean all of these genders? All of these genders, those pansexual, the 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 gender, the the um the gender fluid, um pansexual. Like your identity. Now you're you're like how you identify yourself. Yeah, all right? of these all of these genders. Like that's what I'm saying. Yeah, genders like nobody batted an eye when these things appeared, but when this appeared, why is all of a sudden there's a ruckus? I think there. Okay, I don't really know much about it, but there has it has to be much more deeper than that. I feel like <laughs> I just feel like it's unnecessary, so you know. Like uh... I feel like it's okay. In a way, kind of comes off as like transphobic. Mm, not necessarily, because if you think I about don't it, no. Is if you like, think just about me choosing not to, like me choosing, like not to date. Like a I black feel like woman, the issue is not. Does the not title. mean I'm racist. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, okay, like me choosing. No, no, okay. I think it's not so much the label itself. It's people that ruined that label because most of the time people that could like label themselves however they want they always criticize and have like just say a bunch of bad things towards something that they don't agree with so i feel like people that identify with super straight they automatically start shaming and attacking transgenders okay and that's when it becomes an issue it's not so much the label of super like straight it's the people that kind of ruin that like for the public i see okay Okay, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, it's not necessarily the, 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 the label. All right, um, I'm going to end it right here. But before I do end it, I do have all of... All, every time I end the podcast, I do have a book of the week. This week's book of the week is Fyodor Dostoevsky's Notes from Underground. Now, Notes from Underground is a fiction. No, fiction it's, a, it's a novel fiction. Novel fiction, same thing. And it, it talks about this underground man who was an ex-bureaucrat who's like... Think of the most scoundrel person that you know and then multiply it by 10. That's the underground man. And um, he spent 20 years underground and now he's 40 and now he's recalling his life and he's recalling his philosophies. It's a very, very existentialist novel. I highly recommend you guys read this. Once again, Fyodor Dostoevsky's Notes from Underground. Follow Sophia at bell.sophia with two A's on Instagram. Follow me at ronald.aaron. Don't follow Feral Hakim. Um, don't, fo- don't, don't mind him. <laughs> don't follow him. I'll see you guys Listen in the to next my song, one. ABTFY on Spotify. Oh, yeah, Feral's song will be in the description below. I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace out. Peace.